This is the Life and Soul podcast with me, Emma Forbes. 2020 really was an eventful year. And amidst the madness, we've all had time to reflect on what we most appreciate in life. And although we're still surrounded by uncertainty, it's important to be reminded of what really matters. I'm going to be asking some fabulous guests what makes them tick, asking them what really gives them life and what really feeds their soul. So join me for some nuggets of wisdom, a moment to breathe, and above all, a good old chat over a virtual cup of tea. And I hope that by listening, you'll leave feeling a little brighter about the year ahead. I'm being joined by somebody I think I've known for maybe 35 years, which makes me feel so old, I can hardly bear to say it. And I would have dug the photographs out, but this is a podcast, so you wouldn't have seen them anyway. But we've been friends for a very long time, but I haven't seen you for a very, very long time. Susanna Constantine, I'm so thrilled that you could come on. Thank you so much for inviting me. And it's so, we are actually on Zoom so we can see each other. Yes. And it's so weird that really good old friends, time makes no difference whatsoever. It's like you're Emma and you're there and... Yeah, I saw you last week. I could literally zoom myself back to when we last met. And we, I mean, mm. it was very glamorous. We were having lunch at Elton John's house. but And I was mm. laughing, saying to you, I've got to find the photograph because our outfits. But to be fair, it was in the 80s. So mm-hmm. we could be forgiven the um, puffies. <laughs> Can we, though? Can we be forgiven? I can't wait to see this photograph, which you're going to send me. I'm going to send it to you. But more importantly... We are kind of confident in that picture. That's what I like, because I, I wanted to start on the whole lockdown. I want to talk to you about everything. I love your podcast, by the way. Wardrobe Malfunction is just, that was just, you should have done that years ago. It's flipping fantastic. Thank you. And Thank you. lockdown, I mean, I'm wearing a T-shirt that my sister has said, this has become like my security blanket. She said, every time I Zoom with you, you seem to be wearing the same T-shirt. And I said, I know, I have let standards slip beyond all measure i have become that person i can't look at people on instagram that are making the effort and it's not me well you know i i kind of identify with that i still do make a bit of an effort Um, you look to me like you've made the effort i've got earrings on that they're on because i never take them off and if i took them off i'd lose them so these are always in my ears and yeah, I've got a clean shirt on a very dirty body because we've had no water now for five days. And during that time, I've been swimming in the sea. I've been swimming in our filthy, dirty mildew pond. And I've been for two runs. So just I'll leave the stench to your imagination. So probably good we're on Zoom. But yeah. I do love your wild swimming. I, I mm. haven't even been able to get into a cold shower because I keep watching that Wim Hof man and I keep thinking maybe today's the day I'll plunge and I'll turn it. Mm. But it, it it's brave, but it obviously makes you feel great. I mean, I started doing it by chance in September and I, we were staying with some friends in Shropshire and we walked up onto the top of this hill behind their house. Beautiful, beautiful area. And there was this lake and... I just said, right, I'm going to get in there. And we bought, and it was cold. It was, it was really cold. And I thought, sod it, I'm going to get in. So I stripped off and I got in and I was in for about 20 seconds maybe. But the euphoria and the high I got after that was second to none. And, I, and then, like you say, the whole Wim Hof sort of came into my consciousness. And I thought, okay, this is good for you as well. So I've been doing it ever since. And I've got to say, it's a game changer you know, especially for anxiety. Well, I was going to say, particularly with anxiety, which I know you suffer from. Mm. I know you talk about it, which is what's so great, because you talk about Mm. everything. You talk about being in recovery for seven years. You're really open about those things. And I thought, God, if ever there was a time 
I mean, people I know that didn't even have anxiety in lockdown have had anxiety. I mm. mean, did you not find pre-doing that? How was lockdown for you? Do you know what? I found it, I mean, we live in the countryside, so actually life didn't really change that much for us. And, you know, I work from home anyway. My husband, Steen, he works from home. He hasn't been able to travel. Normally he travels a lot. And then we had, you know, three grown-up children with us. And so from that perspective, it was rather amazing because we it was the first time we had all three children together ever, 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 ever. Because when Joe was born, uh, we had so Joe and then Esme. And by the time Joe was, time Cece was born, Joe had gone to school, started school. So we've never had them together for that amount of time. So it's been a real privilege and it's probably been the best thing about lockdown for us, for Steen and I, and the worst thing for them. I have yeah. my kids home and that I kept saying to them, they said to me one day, God, I'll care for what you wish for. Because I always used to say, I just love mm. it if we're all in the same place at the same time. So you're right. I thought that was mm. a joy. And as you say, not for them, but for us, it was like mm. heaven for everybody just to be in one place to switch my phone off at night because I wasn't worried where anybody was. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then also, I think I, I kind of learned to look inward, not into myself, you know, but just to look at my environment and my surroundings. And I've really got to know my home. I've got to know the things that are in it. I've reacquainted myself with pieces that my father left me, you know, antiques and things. And um, that's been amazing. So it's kind of like I've been on this journey through my house down memory lane, and I'm not someone who looks backwards hardly at all, but it has brought back some rather wonderful memories. And then just just really appreciating and being so grateful to live where we do in the countryside. So it's been good, actually. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm so pleased to hear that because I think I think you're right. Those are all the kind of the upsides. And I think that you're so right about the living in one's house, because I was saying I don't think I've ever lived in a house so much as in how many times I've unloaded the dishwasher, used the mm. oven, because we all travelled, we all did stuff. Like, I, mm. it was fragmented, and it actually it's been mm. solid time. I have to mm. say, quite now, I have got quite itchy feet to just go somewhere, but that's... Oh, just... Jesus, so have I. I mean, I am desperate to go where. I don't care where it is. I I, I just want to get away so, so badly now. I guess, too, you, you say that your, you know, novel writing is like your first love. You've done two mm. now. And I mm. guess, actually, for any writer, my dad was a writer, being at home mm. anyway is, is the best place to be for that. It's not like you'd go into an office for that anyway. No, it has. I mean, I, but I am someone who likes to get out of home to work. Um, although, you know, we're lucky here we've got the space that I can find a room somewhere where I'm on my own, but I do need to get away. So I'm on my own, but not on my own. So that might be a cafe or it might be, you know, I go to Morocco quite a lot. I've been there, you know, I go for two or three weeks and go and write there or I go down to Cornwall. And obviously I can't do that now because when you're at home, procrastination sets in and it's so easy to do that because there are so many things that have to be done or which don't have to be done, but you can make excuse whether it's to refill and empty the dishwasher, although it's, you know, it's all clean. You can find any excuse. House has never been tidier. It's no, I trust me. I have drawers that are so beautifully organized that I even look at those going, mm. could I reorganize them even again? But going mm. back to like the, the podcast, which you set up during this whole period of time, I've, I've seen sort of quotes on you that you do think that clothes are that sort of big unifier, but they do all tell 
a story like outfits mm-hmm. or and they do affect mm-hmm. how you feel but they are very significant to moments aren't they because I was laughing you know you and I met in the 80s mm. we were wearing sort of that big sleeve yeah the big sleeve yeah the leg of mutton and then I remembered that I had shoulder pads with velcro so that I could attach them to whatever I was wearing let me tell you don't you remember that noise don't you remember the noise when you took them off I remember that so well Oh my goodness! I remember stripping them off at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my yeah. mother always saying to me, "It gives you structure to have a shoulder pad. It gives you structure." And I'd be like, "Yes, it does. Actually, mm, it kind of does." Mm. But you know, oh, it does. They they they're empowering these epaulets, padded epaulets. They are empowering. And I think too, if you're, you know, a lot of English women, I found, and I know I'm like this. I do have quite sort of shoulders that go down they're not coat hanger shoulders like models have they kind of slope down so clothes do hang better on a shoulder on a, pad. On a bit of a shoulder well I had yeah. to start what my daughter called my covid closet um because when we came into lockdown we were out here and it's where we come at weekends so I had sort of weekend and I sort of got into that mode of like I need to dress for lockdown do you know what I mean there seemed to be like mm-hmm. a find things and I would order things online and and my daughter <laughs> would go I think that needs to go into the COVID closet, man, because that's like, that's not a, not a good, <laughs> not yeah, a good yeah. look. And as I say, I've now got, I've got a uniform. I'm literally in the same uniform that I rotate. I did dress up on Christmas Day and I did dress up on New Year's Eve, but it felt weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just felt weird. I know, it's interesting. How are we ever going to be able to dress up again? I mean, I've never, I kind of let go of that quite a long time ago, again, for, from living in the countryside. So... I do dress for my surroundings and I find it, I, I could no more walk in a pair of heels than chew my left arm off. I mean, it just wouldn't happen. I cannot walk in heels. My calves are all, you know, they stretch too much. I, it's impossible. The idea of wearing an evening dress, forget it. I, I, it's weird. So It is weird. I do think it's going to be weird and I think shopping will be weird. I mean, I feel like the days of just sort of drifting. I mean, I know we haven't had that because it's all been locked down anyway, but now shopping on any level for me has been like just practical. I've tried to support Mm -hmm. local, support small, but I'm basically, Mm. if I'm going to a fish shop, I'm going in, I'm buying the fish, I'm leaving. If I've needed to like, you know, the shops here are open, but I kind of go in, I go, God, I need socks, I need a new sweater, but I'm kind of like in and out. So all of Mm. that sort of bit is going to be such a Mm. weird are we going to be shocked when we do walk into a clothes shop? You know, let's effectively, it's been a year, certainly since I've been into a shop. Am I going to look at myself in the mirror and go, who the fuck's that? You know, they're like, we've changed. We've kind of like the horror. It's like, who is that woman? And that happened to me actually, because I had cataracts done. So I, I had cataracts in both eyes. God, that makes me feel so old, like a sort of dog that needs to be put down. I hadn't been able to see. I mean, I was, I was, I probably shouldn't have been driving. They were so bad, but I had it done, and I. It was amazing. It was miraculous to have the world in high definition. And then I looked at myself in the mirror, and it was the biggest shock of my life because I saw myself. There was no kind of lovely cataract veil to smooth out the lines and, and the kind of grey teeth and grey hair. And my God, it was a shock. So that that was um, not so good. I actually think you look identical to when I last saw you. And I well, wish I'd same had... with you, hon. 
I think we're doing okay. But I do yeah. think when I ever go into a shop and try something on again, I think it will be a shock. I've definitely got the COVID-19 something rather, or whatever it was, COVID-19 pounds that have distributed themselves in various places. And mm. But maybe I won't care as much because I think another thing about that is I just, I just felt like less is more. One of the first things I did was do out my wardrobe going, what am I doing with all of this stuff that you keep? Mm. And you kind of go... Is that, I mean, you've got daughters. I always say to my, I mean, she, she'll take something that a t-shirt I bought six months ago and go, I love this vintage t-shirt. I'm like, it's not vintage, mm. like it's six months yeah. old, but you know, <laughs> don't make me feel 180. So I gave her first dibs on all my stuff, but I got rid of a lot of stuff because I just mm. thought actually, I don't think life will be like that again. No, I don't think it will. I mean, I, I there are some things that I can't bear to let go of just in case. Yeah. You know, and I will still buy, you know, because I've got big boobs, it's so hard to find dresses, for example, that don't make um, one look like a dowager duchess or sort of matron. Um, and if I find one, I will buy it. And I'm still wishful, think, wishfully thinking about the summer and going away on holiday and, you know, looking for something. Yeah, hopefully we won't mind so much. I mean, I've never been particularly vain, but I do know the power of when you feel shit in the morning and then you put on something that you know suits you and gives you a lift, it makes all the difference. And I've been doing that in lockdown. I've, I've, I will dress up. Another thing that I sort of resonated with you in, which I sort of love that you, is that you said you had a bit of a midlife crisis when your TV career was winding down. Mm. And I, I had a very similar TV career wind down moment to you. And it really mm. was my midlife crisis because I'm sure like you, you had as I did, we had phenomenal success and we had mm. kind of real high points in television. And arguably, I think when you were doing your telly and I was doing mine, we were, it was a really, it was a very happy time, I always think, in TV world. And then it had this weird, weird kind of change in a billion more channels and life goes on. And I guess it was something that I thought, you know, I can take time out and then I can go back because I've, done that mm. so it'll always kind of stand mm. in good stead I'll be able to go and have my kids and kind of do this and do that and then I'll be able to go back mm. and I couldn't and that was a real it was a real crisis for me because it was that and I guess maybe that was the same for, for you because it was it, it just is that it's you're, you're right it's not about being vain it's not about it but it was it just went I think for certainly for both Trini and I it was we stopped, you know, the work dried up and we lost our identities. You know, we, I absolutely, I, I've got my self-respect through my work and, um, and that, that suddenly went and I thought, you know, woke up and just thought, who the hell am I? You know, and we, Trini and I, we'd walk, we would walk down the street independently in another country from each other and people would point at us and go, oh, look, there's Trini and Susanna. You know, we were conjoined and suddenly we weren't. And it was like, who, who am I? I was, I, I was so identified by my work. And so that was really difficult, but then you kind of get over that and then you just start to, okay, well, what am I going to do now? And then you either give up you know, focus on your kids and your family, which is fantastic. Or you're the sort of person who needs that confirmation, if you like, to keep working. And I'm definitely someone who's 
who's like that you know from watching you from afar and admiring what you do I really think you've found your sort of not only found your mojo but you found what you've done you write beautifully your podcasting is brilliant and I think you've you've really kind of gone the route that to me seems what you should be doing I don't know if that I agree I mean I think I'm now being true to myself and it's like people you know I'm sort of doing this whole kind of wild Susanna thing and that is who I am you know it's not yes the television was amazing but that that was and I love people and I loved every second of it and I you know Trini is still my dearest dearest friend and I have huge respect and love for her but it wasn't I wasn't playing to my strengths in a weird way and now um I think I am so it might be that no one's kind of surprised because I think people who knew me in what not to wear days they instinctively I think people get a sense of who you are you know the people who watch or listen are smart like that and they get a sense of who you are so it's not like oh my god what's she doing what it's like oh okay yeah yeah that that makes sense that yes makes sense. no that's exactly how I feel I look at and, mm. and, and the same with Trini I look at her and I'm like that yeah. makes complete sense what she's doing so yeah I actually love that and I think you know I'm the same it took me ages to kind of think okay and actually I quite like now being doing a podcast and being my own boss and those things are mm. just quite nice and being able to set the hours and stuff like that how long so have I you think, been doing the podcast for now I set it up like you in 2020 it came out yeah. of lockdown because I just thought I've, I am like you, I have to, you know, my work does define me a bit. And I thought I've got to do mm. something on top of this. And I wanted mm. to do something. And I just thought I'll just chat to people about what gives them life, what feeds their soul and mm. just have nice, mm. just little chats with people. So I do yeah. have to ask you, what does give you life? I think nature gives me life. Being out in nature, being out in the elements and feeling the seasons and the environment that gives me life for sure and what about feeding your soul apart from chocolate I think my family feeds my soul I'm not religious in any way shape or form but I do believe in a higher power I believe that you know there is something there's something that and it's probably nature that I believe is looking after me there is something else that is you know you can't there is a guide so it's like you do the rowing I feel that I do the rowing but the outcome isn't in my hands and that's a real very liberating to feel like that that you don't keep pushing keep pushing when a door is closed in your face it's like okay on to the next thing it wasn't meant to be and you know it's a cliche to say that one door closes and another door opens but I do believe in that I do too, actually. Mm. I believe in all of that you said, including the chocolate. Mm. I think that's a very good analogy, actually, that rowing the boat. And does that help you manage? Because anxiety is such a difficult thing, isn't it, to, to manage? I mean, it is a sort of, it's a management project. And I'm sure maybe that helps too. The nature definitely helps. I've found dog definitely. walking has helped. Yeah, um, it does. And I think now I've kind of, you know, being in recovery and... Um, for nearly well yeah nearly eight years now I had a magnificent relapse in which I loved every second of but um every morning I wake up with anxiety I don't know if you're like that and I kind of try and analyze what it is is it guilt is it shame you know what is it what does it come from and I'm now look at it as like a haunting this some this anxiety comes to haunt me in the morning 
and then it goes. So you get up. And I also look at it as, a, as to galvanise me, to get my fucking ass out of bed and to do something. And as soon as I we start doing and being proactive, I don't know if you find that, the anxiety goes. Yeah, no, I think that's a really, it's a good thing. I mean, I call it distraction. I kind of get up, but it makes me angry. Mm. If I wake up and I'm anxious and I'm angry that I'm anxious. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's so annoying. Mm. Um, because it is annoying. It's just annoying. Mm. And it's annoying when people, it's much better being open and honest about it. I do find that I sort of announce it. Again, I've got massive anxiety. So I sort of make mm. sure I've kind of got it out there, but it's an annoying mm. thing to have. And everybody has their ways of coping. But I think you're right. Sort of doing is is the best way. And you have encouraged mm. me. Maybe, I mean, I don't know where I could go wild swimming. I'm not sure my duck pond, I don't, there are a billion ducks pooing in Just it. I'm get not sure in that's your bath. I'd... Just get in a bath. Just get, run the cold water. And I'm sure it's freezing where you are at the moment. Just get some like neoprene booties. Okay. And some gloves and just get in for 30 seconds the first time. Just, just, just do it. And then slowly build up. Mm. But you know what, Emma? I, it really helps with the anxiety. It really helps. And if you, you either drive somewhere, okay, so if you're in the Hamptons, you're not far from the sea, okay, just get in the sea for like 30 seconds. Just, just immerse yourself and then slowly build up. Because if you make the effort to go there, then you're not not going to do it. In the same way, if you're going to run a bath filled with cold water, you're not not going to get in. Whereas if you're in a shower and it's all lovely and warm and then you turn it to cold, less likely to do. No, you're right. I'm going to do it. And you'll be the first person to know. I shall share it on Instagram, uh, yeah, obviously, and tag yeah. you in it going, <laughs> yeah. thanks to my thanks to my wild swimmer guru, Susanna Constantine. <laughs> oh, my God, Susanna, I would love to chat to you for longer, but I know you've got the waterboard, and I don't want to deprive you of a moment where you oh. might get fresh water and not have to just wash yourself in cold water indefinitely, or any water. Yeah. You've got no water at all. I've got no water. It's literally a discharge coming out of the taps at the moment. Let's keep in touch more. Let's do more chatting. Yeah, definitely, Emma. I would. It's so lovely to see you. And it's so lovely to see you. And as I say, I love what you're doing. I love all your writing and your podcast. And I think you're just fab, really. And I'm going to oh find a very darling. funny picture that will make you... Um... Please do that. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And also, if you've enjoyed this episode, do leave a five-star review and you can find out more by going to buyemma.co.